Hi, this is Pastor Rob Stone from Duns Creek Baptist Church. We want to thank you so much for listening to our weekly audio sermons podcast. Duns Creek Baptist Church is a community alive by grace and known by love. We long to be a force for good here in Putnam County, Florida. You can learn more about us on the web by visiting dunscreekbaptist.org or visit us any Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. for worship. Now, please enjoy the message. Okay, we are 12 days into January, so real quick, how many of you are still rocking your New Year's resolution? How many of you are still going? Way to go. Anyone else? Way to go. All right. Two out of 150, all right. That'll work. Come on. There we go. There we go. All right. That's, that's, you know, right about... 1.3%, 1.3%, but all right. That's, that's about the national average. Uh, Pastor Jake and I, because um, I'm a crazy person, Pastor Jake lost you know, a ton of weight over the course of 2019, and it, and it really inspired me. And so back around the end of November, I joined his gym, and I started working out with, with Jake. And, and one of the things that I noticed is suddenly working out this past week, it was really busy. Like, I went into the gym, and normally Jake and I work out about 8 o'clock at night, and so it's basically the two of us and, like, five other people that we've gotten to know, and that's it. Like, we've got the place to ourselves, the seven of us, that's just it. And then this week, it was the first time where we had to, like, wait in line for, for machines to use, but then by the time we got to Thursday, it was empty again. So... So if we got two that are clinging to their New Year's resolutions, I think we're doing better than the average. Well, for us, our New Year's resolution for us as a church has really been centered around this idea that we talked about last week, that we feel like God has given us kind of an anointing word on 2020, and our word for the year is simplify. And we believe that simplification is so incredibly important because we live in a world of noise. We live in a world of distractions. We live in a world of complexity and complication. And so when we talk about Jesus, when we talk about the gospel that we believe in, simple is where it has to be. Because complicated and complex will cause division. Complicated and complex will will make it so that the church is separate and divided, but we just believe that this word for us is so crucial for this year because in 2020, our heart is to focus. In 2020, our heart is to focus more on the gospel that unites rather than the complexity that divides. We believe in the simple gospel of Jesus Christ. People are brought together. The church is brought together. Communities are brought together. And we believe that in this simple gospel, we will see radical change in our lives, in our families, and in our community. And so what we did last week is instead of embracing these multi-thousands of word-long statements of faith, we have decided to spend this opening sermon series around the Apostles' Creed, and we've updated some of the language of the Apostles' Creed, but we're really uniting around this simple statement of faith. And so will you stand with me together as we read this ancient creed? We believe in God, the Father, author and creator of all. 
We believe in God, the Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, the promised Messiah. He was crucified, died, and was buried, canceling the debt of our sin. On the third day, he rose again to bring us new life. He ascended to heaven. He will come again. We believe in God, the Spirit, our ever-present helper and advocate, breathing resurrection life into the redeemed, empowering and equipping us for our work on earth. We believe in the church, the connected body of global believers, the hands and feet of Christ. We believe in Christ's love as the model for every thought, word, and action toward God and man. We believe in the forgiveness of sin, resurrection power, and life, overflowing and everlasting. Amen. Amen. And you can have a seat. So we're gathered. We're gathered around this simple creed, this simple gospel statement of faith. And the whole purpose of gathering around this simple gospel statement of faith is that it would be for us memorable, portable, that it could impact our lives. And so last week we talked about this beautiful picture that we believe in God who is the creator and author of all. And if we believe that God is the creator and author of all, if we're willing to confess that God is the creator and author of all, we recognize that we were created, we were made with purpose. God has a purpose for our lives. And that means that when we say we believe that God was the creator and author of all, we are surrendering our will for our life to his. Because I'm not the creator I'm not the author, he is. And so he gets to tell me what my purpose is. And so today, as we continue through these we believe statements, when we talk about believing in Jesus the Son, we really need to take that into two different parts. And so to understand for us who Jesus is and what Christ has done for us, we need to first focus on us. And so today, part two, man, a beautiful mess. Man, a beautiful mess. Now, I don't know if you feel this way about your life, but most days I look in the mirror and I just think mess. There's not a lot of beautiful there, it's just mess. But God has told us that, yeah, we're a mess, we're a mess but we're a beautiful mess. And so if you're the kind of person like one of our deacons, Tony Brady, who falls asleep when I preach, I just wanna go ahead and let you know up front the takeaway. Here's your takeaway from today's message if you doze off over the next 25 minutes. The gospel is not a story of God making bad people good. The gospel, no matter what religious background you've been raised in, no matter what version of the church or flavor of the church or denomination of the church you've been raised in, the gospel is not a story of God making bad people good. The gospel, the gospel 
is a story of God making dead people alive. The gospel is a story of God making dead people alive. You see, the gospel is good news for people who desperately need good news. The gospel is good news for people who desperately need good news. And I think so often for us, we can think about Christianity, we can think about religion, we can think about what it means to believe in and follow this Jesus, and we can make this gospel, this simple gospel, we can make it about a gospel who changes my behavior. We can make the power of the gospel simply about behavior modification. And I want you to know that that's not what Jesus came to do. Jesus did not come for behavior modification. If all Jesus came for was behavior modification, then he is not the Lord of all. He is a life coach. Jesus didn't come to take bad people and make them good. He didn't come to fix your behavior. Jesus came because you and I are dead. And we need to be raised to life. And dead people can't do anything to fix their deadness. Dead people can't do anything to raise themselves up out of the grave. So Jesus came not to make bad people good, but to make dead people alive. And the reason that matters is because you and I, apart from Christ, are dead. Which means the gospel, the literal translation of the word gospel is good news. And you and I need good news because without good news, we are Dead. We're not bad. We're dead. So we need good news. One of the things that I discovered when my wife and I moved here to Putnam County is basically there, there's kind of a model restaurant, and so Corky Bells might be the best example of it, or um, oh, what's, what's the other one that's just north of Corky Bells, the other seafood restaurant, Muscle White's. Or, or there's like four different versions of the same restaurant down in Crescent City, or there's a few in Wilaka. Essentially, it's a bunch of kind of seafood places that are really kind of themed around the, the, the sea or the river. And so when you walk in, there's a bunch of fish on the walls. And then there's nautical-themed stuff. And so it's interesting because they, they have the life preservers from, from old boats, like you walk in and you're like, hmm, I want shrimp. And the reason I know I want shrimp is there's the little circle, the little life preserver up on the wall. And here's the thing, it's cute and it makes for a great nautical theme, but I don't really care much about the life preserver on the restaurant wall because I am seated firmly on dry land. Now, the same life preserver is everything. If you're on a boat in the middle of the ocean with nothing but horizon in every direction, when that boat starts to go down, that life preserver is everything. And for us, we will miss the power of the simple gospel if we look at Jesus as the life preserver up on the wall and we're seated firmly on dry ground. 
Because then it's just, that's nice. That's something that hangs up on the wall. Maybe that's something that grandma had or grandpa had, or maybe that's something that my mom and dad took with him and it was really important to them. But for me, it's just something that hangs up on the wall. And let's be real, for a lot of us, that's our view of Jesus. Jesus is just the thing. We hang up on the wall and it looks nice. And I know it was important to grandma and grandpa and I know it mattered to mom and dad. See, the problem is we, we start thinking of ourselves like we are seated firmly in dry ground. But the gospel is good news for people who desperately need good news. We are not seated firmly on dry ground. You and I are sinking deep. And so Jesus is not some ornamental thing that we hang up on the wall. Jesus is our salvation because apart from him, we are dead. Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to take dead people like me and you and raise us up to life. And so where does this all begin? Well, last week we talked about it. In the beginning, God created In the beginning, God created. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Well, if you continue that a little bit further, you also find that in the beginning, God essentially said, let us make man in our image. God just said, hey, we've got the the earth, we got the sky, we got got all this stuff going on. We got birds in the field, we got birds in the air, and we got animals in the field and fish in the sea, but we're not there yet. We're not finished yet. Let us make man in our image. And so here's the beauty beautiful thing, no matter whether you believe in Jesus or not, no matter whether you've given your life to the Lord or not, if you are here today and you are a human being, you are beautiful and you are made with the divine imprint of God. You are made in the image of the divine. And so in the beginning, God breathed. In the beginning, God created. In the beginning, God made in the beginning was life. In the beginning was life. But if you remember what it's like to grow up in church, or maybe you've just heard this story, you know the old story of Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve were in the garden where everything was alive and everything was flourishing, but Adam and Eve sinned. And when Adam and Eve sinned, death came into the story. And maybe you're here today and you're like me. Maybe you're a skeptic. Maybe you're someone who struggles for faith. And maybe you're going, yeah, but Rob, that Genesis 1, 2, and 3 stuff, that's just, that's just a, an old ancient Near Eastern creation poem. I don't know if I believe in all that. Well, here's, here's, here's the good news for you. Even if you're here today and you don't believe in the literal Adam and Eve, look at your own life. Look at my life. I've sinned. You've sinned. And let's just be real, in the 21st century, we're really uncomfortable with that language. We're really uncomfortable with a word like sin. So let me put it in a context you might be able to understand. Sin, sin is the failure to live up to a set of moral expectations. So even if you're not a Christian, even if you're not someone who believes in the the biblical moral standard and the biblical moral code, you've got a moral code for yourself that you fail to live up to. You have done things, you have been guilty of things in your life that you would look at someone else who did those things and say that was wrong. 
We've all done that. We've all sinned. And where there is sin, there is death. Because sin leads to death. Sin causes death. And in Romans chapter 5, Paul, who is a brilliant theologian, a brilliant thinker, he's, he's helping the people of the city of Rome understand this concept. And so here's what he says in Romans chapter 5, verse 12. He says, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, Adam. He's saying sin came into the world through this Adam. But even if you don't believe in that Adam, that's okay. Because just as sin came into the world through this one man, in death through sin, so death spread to all men. Why? Because all sinned. See, the, the problem of sin is not that it happened in the first four chapters of Genesis. The problem of sin is that it happens is that it's still happening. You and I sin. And when we sin, death has entered the world. But Paul is making this point. He says, look, just as sin came into the world, just as death, just as death came into the world through this one man's sin, just as sin came into the world through this one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all of us sinned. The point that Paul's making, that Paul wants us to understand, the simple gospel that Paul wants us to get down in the core of our being is that death came through sin. You and I are dead because of sin. You and I are dead because of sin. We're not bad. And I think so often we get caught up in this moral way of thinking of going bad people and good people. That is not what God is concerned with. God is not interested in bad people and good people. God is saying, look, bad, good, whatever the level of your moral, of your moral measuring stick, whatever you look at it at, you're all dead. Because of sin. Death came through sin. So here's why we believe in a simple gospel. Here's why we believe in simple good news. Because we desperately need good news. We need good news. Enter Jesus. Enter Jesus into the middle of our beautiful mess. And this is what we read in verse 15. But the free gift is not like the trespass. The free gift is not like the sin. For if many died through one man's trespass, through one man's sin, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. You see, what Paul is saying to us, he's saying, yes, Adam sinned and we have all sinned and death enters through sin. 
But even though we've all become slaves to sin, even though we've all been born into this deadly situation in this deadly circumstance because of the sin of one man. He's going, okay, so Adam sinned and we've all been born into sin, but, but so much more, so much more by the grace of God, by the free gift of grace because of Jesus, it will be abounded for many. Adam sinned. And all of humanity was born into sin, but Jesus Christ came and died. Jesus Christ came and died a death that he did not deserve and was raised on the third day to live a resurrection so that you and me could finally have some good news because we are all dead to sin. We are all dead in sin because of Adam, but in Jesus, we are now alive. Death. Death didn't just come through Adam's sin. Death came through my sin. Death came through my sin. But life came through his love. Death came through my sin. Death came through the sin of Adam and it came through the sin of everyone who has come since. My mom and dad are here today, which I love having my mom and dad here today. And my mom and dad are sinners. They're great people. I love them. They're good people, but they're still, apart from Jesus, dead in sin, just like I am dead because of my sin. Death came through my sin. But life, came through his love. Listen to what Paul says as he continues this thought. For if, for if because of one man's trespass, death reigned. Adam sinned and death reigned through that one man much more will those who receive the abundance. I love the word abundance here. Abundance means there's still more. There's still more, which means no matter how much grace you've received, there's still more grace. No matter how much you've been given, there's still more. You will not out God's ability to forgive. You will not out God's ability to raise you up from the grave. There's nothing you've ever done that puts you disqualified from the abundant grace of God. We've got good news. We've got good news. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. For us to truly understand what Christ has done, for us to truly worship Jesus for what he has done, for us to recognize that we have a gospel we believe in, we've got to understand first that we are a people who desperately needed 
good news. And for a people who desperately needed good news, good news came. Death came through Adam and death reigned. But much more, much more than the reigning of death will we reign in life through Jesus who raises the dead to life. The good news for us, church, is not that Jesus came and you used to be bad and Jesus came and now you're good. That's not good news. It's behavior modification. The good news, friends, is that we were dead. And Jesus raised us to life. That's a gospel worth sharing. That's a gospel worth shouting. That's a gospel worth singing about. That's a gospel worth building our lives on. That's the good news that we are here to declare. Man is a beautiful mess. We are made in the image of God. But because of sin, we are dead. Jesus came that we might reign in life. We were dead because of sin. We were dead because of Adam's sin, and you are dead because of your sin. I am dead because of my sin, but I'm not dead anymore because I've met the Jesus who defeated the grave. And when he got up out of that grave, I got up out of mine. And I'm not dead anymore, but I've received good news. So I've not moved from bad to good. I've moved from death to life. See, apart from Jesus Christ, apart from Jesus Christ, I'm not bad. I'm dead. Apart from Jesus, you're not bad people. You're dead people. And I'm so grateful for that because Jesus, Jesus didn't come to change behavior. Jesus came to raise you to life. Jesus came to raise you to life. And so if you're here today in your life, your, your understanding of Christianity, your understanding about this Jesus is that Jesus wants to change your behavior, I'm here to tell you today that it's so much deeper than that. Jesus came not to make bad people good. Jesus came to take dead people and make them alive. You see, in Christ, in Christ, I am alive. In Christ, we are alive. I know as we talk about this idea of simplifying the gospel, I know as we talk about this idea of making it abundantly clear what it is we believe, we're all a little uncomfortable with this message, right? We're all a little uncomfortable with this idea of going, wait, I was dead? But if we don't recognize our condition, if we don't recognize where we were apart from Christ, if we don't recognize who we were apart from Christ, we'll never worship him 
as the God who has saved us and redeemed us and raised us, we'll just worship him as someone who helps me not be so mean. He'll just become a life coach to you. And I want you to know that the God of all creation did not step down out of the perfection of heaven to make your life a little bit better. He stepped down out of the perfection of heaven. He stepped right down into the middle of our mess to raise the dead to life. And so if we're going to gather around a simple gospel, we've got to be honest about the fact that we were dead. And Jesus came raise the dead to life. Church, I don't want you to build your life on anything else. I don't want you to build your faith on anything less. If we're going to talk about the simple gospel that we're going to stake our lives on, then it has to be rooted in this idea that we were dead and Christ came to raise us to life. Every single man, woman, and child born is born in to death. But because of Jesus, we are raised out of that death and into life. That's what we build our lives on. See, the love of Jesus changed everything for me. The love of Jesus has changed everything for you. The love of Jesus lifts us up out of the grave. So we believe. We believe in Jesus Christ, our Son, the Lord, God's Son, our promised Messiah, our Lord. And what did He do? He died. And he died to pay the debt of my sin. And he was raised. And when he was raised, I got lifted up out of the grave. So today as we close and we sing this song, I just want to put it to you as bluntly as I can, as plainly as I can. Have you been raised up out of the grave? Have you experienced resurrection in your life? Or are you just simply trying to get all the behaviors right? Because God didn't come for that. Jesus didn't come to make you good. He came to make you alive. So if you are here today and you have not yet been raised to life. As we sing this song, as we stand together, I want to invite you to join me and some of our some of our deacons in our living room area. I want to talk to you about what it means to step out of the grave and into life with Jesus.